Now, I'd really love you to imagine something for me. Uh, could you imagine that someone was coming to the church office to meet our operations manager, Ben Cook? Uh, and if you've never met Ben, then this is who Ben is. So let's imagine that this person comes along and they're going to meet our operations manager, but they've never met him before. And they don't even know his name. They just know that they're coming to meet the Christchurch operations manager. So they get to thinking, and they think to themselves, I wonder what the Christchurch operations manager is like. I wonder if they are a man or a woman. I'd like to think that Christchurch would have an operations manager that's a woman. That's what I'd like to think. And they think, I wonder if the Christchurch operations manager would have black hair or blonde hair. And they think, I'd like to think that the Christchurch operations manager would have blonde hair. And then they got to thinking for themselves, I wonder if the Christchurch operations manager would be younger or older. I'd like to think that Christchurch would have an operations manager who is older. That's what I'd like to think. And then they thought to themselves, I wonder, would the operations manager at Christchurch, would they be the sort of person who's very busy doing lots of DIY jobs all the time? So that instead of having nice, neat and tidy and clean hands and everything, they'd be off doing all those jobs, burrowing away, getting things done, so they'd have really dirty hands, a bit, a bit scruffy. I'd like to think that they were a busy operations manager with jolly, dirty hands. That's what they'd like to think. So can you imagine that when this person arrives downstairs in the foyer and they get ready to meet the Christchurch operations manager, in their head, they are looking to meet an older, blonde-haired woman with scruffy clothes and dirty hands. And up to them walks Ben. Very smart, dark hair, quite young, and looking suspiciously like a man with a beard. And he says, hello, I'm the Christchurch operations manager. And the person says, don't be silly. Of course you're not. How could you possibly be the Christchurch operations manager? I'll go and find her. And off they walk. Now, wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be a funny thing to happen? Because in their head, they've worked out who they think the Christchurch operations manager is. And they're wrong. Why do I tell you these things? Some of you are there ahead of me. Because you know that this is what sometimes we can do with God. We get into our heads who we think God must be like. I like to think of God as a sort of grandfather in the sky who wants everyone to have fun. I'd like to think of God as, well, as, as somebody who keeps a record of the good things I do and the bad things I do. And I'd like to think that at the end of the day, as long as my good things have outnumbered my bad things, well, God will be very happy with me. 
I like to think of God as, well, as really wanting the world to be better, but he can't quite manage to sort it out. But he'd like to make it better if he could. We do that sometimes. We decide who we think God might be like. And the trouble is, when we do that, when we imagine that God is really just a bit like us, except slightly bigger, well, then there's a real danger that if we were to encounter the true God, we'd say, don't be silly. You can't be God. And walk on by. Which would be a terrible thing to happen. So over these next three weeks, we are going to be doing some thinking about what God tells us he's like. Instead of imagining and making up our minds what we think God must be like, we're going to listen to what God says in the Bible, in his word. What he's got to tell us about himself. And we're going to do that for three weeks. Uh, We're going to sing a song before we hear from God's Word. And it's a good song. Um, And I'd love you to look at the words that come in the first verse of this song. There it is. The King, the Lord God, He has given words to us to tell us what He's like. That's what God's done. Uh, And what we're going to try and do this morning and for the next two weeks is to listen hard to what God says about who he is. So, uh, we're going to hear now from an Old Testament prophet, Isaiah. Uh, And we're going to hear about an encounter that Isaiah had when he saw God. Uh, And we're going to listen to his description of that, because that's going to tell us uh, some things about what God is really like. And what I'd love the the younger ones to do um, is listen really hard. Because in this reading, uh, God is described with a word. And that word comes three times. Okay, so look out for that. See if you can spot it. What's the word used three times to describe God? And is Patrick coming to read that for us? Today's reading is taken from Isaiah 6, verses 1 to 7. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. 
With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Very good. Thank you very much, Patrick, for reading for us. Now, um, how are you doing? Any of, the, any of the children here able to tell me? Anyone hear what the word was? Brilliant. What was it? Holy. Absolutely spot on. Well done. Thank you very much. Um, three times the winged creatures say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. So there's the first thing that we are going to learn about God, that God is holy. But what does that mean? What does it mean to say that God is holy? Slightly funny word, isn't it? Quite hard to work out what holy really means. So to help us do a bit of thinking about that, um, I've got some pictures uh, that I want us to take a look at and think about and see if they can help us. Okay, so the first of these pictures relates to an aeroplane. Okay, and I want you to imagine all of the people sitting in the rows, in the seats, in the aeroplane, waiting for takeoff. There they are. Now, is there anything funny about that picture? But don't tell me yet. Just have a think. Anything funny about that picture of all the people sitting, waiting for takeoff? Uh, and here's another picture. Let's think of something else. I've got some different pictures for you. Uh, this one's about football. So here is a picture of, of all the people on the pitch playing in their game of football. And again, is there anything funny about this picture of all the people out on the pitch? playing football. But don't tell me yet. And then one final picture. Well, well, take us into the classroom. And there are all the rows of chairs of, of all the children in their classroom having their lesson. And here are all the people that are sat in those chairs having that lesson in the classroom. Is there anything funny about that? So there's my question. From these three photos, or these three pictures, what's funny about them? Any idea? Yeah, what do you think? Super! Wasn't that a good answer? Did you catch that? Fantastic answer. That's absolutely right. The people are in the wrong place. Uh, what, what's the pilot doing, sitting with all the passengers? What's Gareth Southgate doing on the pitch? We know what he does, just misses penalties. That's no good. Uh, and what's the teacher doing? Can you imagine? You're sat in your desk, waiting for the lesson, and there's Miss, sat just there next to you. What, what are you doing there? She's in the wrong place. See, the, the problem is that in these pictures, each of those people is, well, they're different, aren't they? 
and they belong in a different place as a result. The, the pilot needs to be up in the cabin, flying the plane. Gareth Southgate needs to be on the touchline, shouting instructions at the players. And the teacher, well, she needs to be out at the front of class teaching the lesson. Because they're different. They're distinct. And they need to be set apart. Well, the first thing that holy means is that God is different to us. And God must be set apart from us. He's not a bigger version of you and me. No, no, no. God is utterly different. Utterly distinct. And completely set apart from us as God. And if we lose sight of that, then we have got very confused about who God is. There is no one and nothing that compares with God. No, he's utterly distinct, utterly different, and completely set apart from us. And that's really important. And later on we'll think about one of the reasons that that is so important. But it's the first thing we need to learn. First thing that holy means, holy means different to you and me. Holy means set apart from you and me. Holy is what God is. And the three-winged creatures sing it three times. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we're going to sing now uh, that truth uh, about God uh, as we join together to sing Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So, we've thought about the first thing that we need to know about God being holy. The fact that God is holy means that he is set apart, different and distinct from us. Um, but there's a second thing uh, about the holiness of God. And the second thing we need to understand is that as we listen to what it is that God has to say to us, remember, that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to work out what we think God ought to be like. No, we're saying, God, you speak to us. Listen to you. What do you say that you're like? First, he says, he's different and set apart. And the second thing that holy means is that he is pure and perfect and utterly, utterly good. Not a shadow of anything wrong in him. Nothing less than it should be. Utterly perfect, thoroughly good. And I want to think a little bit with you about that now. Because the fact that God is perfectly pure and utterly good proves to be a bit of a bother for Isaiah. So I need to do a little bit of arranging at the front because that's not a straightforward thing to explain. So I need some things up here. Um, what do we need? I think we might need table over here. And 
We need a bit of cloth going down on the floor here. Holiness, it turns out, is quite a complicated idea and not entirely straightforward to explain. So we need lots of pictures and stuff to help make it a bit clearer. And one of the things we need is a very excellent, very white, very lovely, very rug, brand new, pure and perfect. Because this is going to remind us of the holiness of God. Pure and perfect and utterly good. There's nothing wrong with it. Brand new, lovely. I'll put that down there. Now, I need somebody to help me. Ben. We've had lots of you today, so we, 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 let, let's have you in the flesh rather than just as a picture on the, on the screen. Now, come over here. Uh, and let's imagine, we've done a lot of imagining already today, let's imagine that Ben has been out on his allotment digging up his carrots. And therefore, as you might imagine, Ben has got some very muddy boots. So, Ben, can you just pop those on for a minute for me? And, and let's, let's imagine that Ben, with his very muddy boots, comes in after a, a long time digging up his carrots. It's been hard work. It's a bit tired. Looking forward to a bit of a rest. And in he comes, and what does he spot? But the most excellent cup of tea that his wife Holly has made for him. And Ben thinks, oh, lovely, my cup of tea. I'm so looking forward to my cup of tea. And Ben makes his way towards his most excellent cup of tea <laughs> in his very muddy boots. And at the last minute, he stops! <sighs> because Ben thinks to himself, I can't do this. I can't go walking on this very lovely perfectly pure, very gorgeous furry mat in my horrible muddy boots. So he thinks better of it. And he takes his muddy boots off and he goes and stands at the back while the talk finishes. Um, excellent. Give Ben a round of applause. Well done, Ben. So, what about that? That would have been terrible, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Muddy boots all over the lovely furry rug. See, Isaiah thought something similar. Where's my notes? Because if we read what Isaiah has to say, we will find out that he feels something pretty similar. If you still got the Bible open, uh, then look how it goes from verse 3. The winged creatures were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. 
Do you see? It's not that Isaiah feels just a little bit awkward being in the presence of God. No, bother. Forgot to put a tie on. You know, that kind of thing. And Isaiah doesn't feel awkward. Isaiah says, woe to me. I am ruined. I can't be here. I can't imagine being in the presence of the pure and perfect and utterly holy God. Because I look at myself and it seems to me as if I am just a, a man with muddy boots on. Utterly unworthy to be in the presence of God. And that's not because Isaiah was particularly terrible. No, 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 that's because Isaiah wasn't God. Nobody can be in the presence of a holy God. Any of us, all of us, men and women, boys and girls here, in the presence of God, it would seem to us, it would be to us, that we have muddy boots on. We shouldn't be there. We couldn't possibly be in the presence of the holy God. So there are the two things that we need to learn and understand about holiness. God is holy means, first of all, that he is different, set apart, not like us. Mustn't drag him down to our level and think, well, he's just a sort of bigger version of me. No, no, no. He is different and set apart. And then the second thing is that God is perfectly pure, utterly good. And both of these things really, really matter. Let me give you just two examples. Um, the fact that God is different and set apart from us. Well, when bad things happen, it means that we have to realize that God may have purposes that we know nothing of. That God, because he's beyond us, he may have plans and purposes that we know nothing of. Because he's set apart from us. His plans are beyond us. He is beyond us. So in the face of things that we don't understand, we're not shocked and surprised. Because the God who is set apart may well have plans that we don't understand. And then secondly, the reason that being clear about the utter, perfect, pure and untainted, unspoilt nature of God, that matters so much because it helps us see the extraordinary thing that Jesus has done in the gospel. See, you and I can't be in the presence of a pure and perfect God unless we let Jesus do what Jesus offers to do for us, which is to make us holy. And if we think being holy is just a small, trivial thing, then we won't see the extraordinary thing that God has done in making us holy. Because that's what he's done. Now, to explain how Jesus has made us holy so that you and I can be in the presence of our holy God, well, that would be another talk 
altogether. And we'll save that for another day. But for today, be clear about these two things. To say that God is holy means that he is set apart from us, different, distinct, not like us. And to say that God is holy is to say that he is utterly perfect and pure and good. Well, we're going to pray about those things now, and then we're going to sing about them as we close. Now, let me lead us in a prayer. You reveal yourself to us, uh, Lord God, and we are so grateful because if we uh, puzzled out what you were like, we would be uh, mistaken. Uh, So thank you that you speak to to tell us what you're like. And thank you that you tell us that you are holy. And thank you for a chance this morning to to think about what it means that you are a holy God, set apart from us and utterly pure. Uh, How we praise and thank you uh, for your holiness. How we worship you. Uh, that you are a a holy God and how astonished we are that in your grace and mercy you have made it possible uh, even for us uh, to enter into your presence. How kind and gracious you are. We praise you. Amen. Amen. So we're going to sing our final song which again focuses our attention in on this truth that God is a holy God.